My brothers and sisters, tonight we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. I love, absolutely love marrying feasts. And I ask for her intercession. She's right now in heaven with our Lord. And I ask for her powerful intercession so that God would give me the graces that I need to be able to speak to you all about such a profound and important mystery as the Assumption of Our Lady. So what is it that we are celebrating today on this special day? You know, we've made the effort to come on out here on a weekday. What is this feast all about? The Assumption is the mystery that we celebrate wherein we believe that the Blessed Mother at the end of her life was taken up to heaven. She was assumed into heaven. Now Jesus... After he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, okay, by his own power. That's why we use the word ascension, all right? So it's sort of like Jesus is the active agent. He's the one that affected this whole movement from earth to heaven. Mary, on the other hand, was assumed. It's a little bit different than an ascension. She didn't ascend to heaven. She was assumed, okay? So she wasn't the active agent agent or the power behind her transference from earth to heaven. Rather, it was the power of her son, Jesus Christ, who took her to himself up to heaven. And so Mary is, there's only two people in existence right now that we believe are risen from the dead. There's only two people, two human beings in existence in whose lives is verified God's victory over death. Okay, completely and totally. And that is Jesus, our Lord, and Mary, his mother. Okay, that's an amazing mystery that we celebrate. And the truth of the assumption is embedded and kind of hidden, as it were, in the, in the sacred scriptures. And we're going to kind of show you how, what I mean by that. First of all, let's talk about our gospel, okay? So, Here's the scene, and, and Jesus is preaching, and this woman is really excited about his preaching, and she stands up and she says, your mother's got to be so lucky to have you for her son. Okay, that's basically what she says. Okay, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that, that gave you suck, so forth and so on. A kind of a, uh, an ancient way of saying, your mother is so fortunate to have you. Now, Jesus' response, it sounds a little bit strange at first, He's, he's not, neither is he uh, shutting this woman down, nor is he dishonoring his own mother by saying, kind of, you know, sort of dissing, say, well, blessed is he, rather, who hears the word of God and obeys it. He's not shutting the woman down, and he's not dishonoring his mother. In fact, I think he's doing the opposite. First of all, he's actually trying to encourage this woman, because she's kind of, she might have a little bit of envy going on, okay? Wow, lucky is your mom. Okay, you know, I wish I was your mom, all right? <laughs> she might be thinking that. And so what Jesus is saying is saying, listen, you don't have to be my mother, externally speaking, to be blessed, all right? Blessing, blessing, the blessing of God comes when you hear God's word and you obey it and you put it into effect in your life. And so he's extending blessings to her, Okay. And she, cause she, she might have felt like maybe she was kind of missing out on something by not being Jesus' own flesh and blood mother. And so he's saying, no, no, you're not messing, you're not missing out. Okay? Blessings can be for you as long as you obey the word of God. Okay? Also, he's not dishonoring his mother. In fact, he's really highlighting 
Mary's true virtue because what was Mary's most characteristic virtue but hearing the word of God and obeying it. And so we've got St. Augustine who says that before Mary conceived Jesus in her womb, she conceived the word of God in her heart and in her mind through her faith. And really that's why Mary is such an important person and she's such an important saint and plays such an amazingly important role in the history of salvation. It's because of her active faith, because of her obedience to the word of God. Okay, that's, and more than that, it's that her obedience to the word of God brought about nothing short of the, but the incarnation of God Almighty. Okay, so when we obey God in our life, we do it for our benefit mostly, and we probably benefit other people too. But Mary actually brought about the incarnation, which is the salvation of everybody in the world. So that's why she has this totally unique place. But it was through her faith. It was through her listening to the word of God and obeying it that she was able to be in this special place of privilege and honor and, and to fulfill this role, the special role in God's plan of salvation. Okay, let's go to the first reading now. Okay, I'll give you the background story. This is a thousand years before Jesus was born. Okay? And King David, okay, the Ark of the Covenant. What's the Ark of the Covenant? Well, it was this big box. It was probably about this long and about this wide and about that high. Okay? And it was this, it was like a big box. It was like a chest. All right? And God commanded the Israelites through Moses to create this thing. All right? And somehow God's presence, his special presence on the earth, his special presence in the midst of the people of God was connected with this box. It's very kind of mysterious and interesting. This box is a prefiguration of Mary herself. Okay, how is that so? Well, the ark, the special sacred chest or box, is referred to all throughout the Old Testament as God's footstool. Okay, what's a footstool? It's that which connects myself to the earth. Okay, it, it's the meeting points between the person who's using it and the earth. But Mary is precisely that. She is what connects God to this earth. Apart from Mary, God could not have come into our midst. God could not have come to earth. God could not have been one of us. So she's the connecting point. She's the footstool. And so that's why in the psalm we said this, whether we repeat together, Lord, go up to the place of your rest. That's Jesus' ascension. Okay, and the psalm was written hundreds and hundreds of years before this. Lord, go up to the place of your rest. You and the ark of your holiness. So also Mary, she also ascends to heaven through an assumption, okay? And so we see how the mystery of the assumption is actually hidden in the Old Testament. Okay, so let's go back to the story, though, in the Old Testament. What's going on here? So you got this, the Ark of the Covenant, and it was made on Mount Sinai, okay, in the Arabian Desert, and or in the Sinai Peninsula, and the children of Israel brought it with them when they went into Palestine, when they went into the Holy Land, 
And they brought it first to Shiloh, and then it was at Gibeah, and it was a couple of different places in the Holy Land. And they had kind of like a sort of a makeshift sort of tent and temple and different versions of it. After a few hundreds of years, they'd kind of make a, make a little adjustment to exactly, you know, the sacred space in which it dwelt. But it wasn't in Jerusalem until David came around. So King David, about a thousand years before Christ, decided to say, you know what, we need to bring the Ark of the Covenant right into Jerusalem. It's got to dwell right in our midst, because Jerusalem is the capital. And Jerusalem, all throughout the Old Testament, is a symbol of the church. Okay? And so here's David, and he's saying, we've got to bring the Ark into Jerusalem. But you know what? The first time he did it, he didn't listen to the Word of God. Okay? So he had the Levites. There was two orders of priests. The top priests were just called Kohanim. You could refer to them as priests. And then the second order, they were called Levites, okay? And it's a little bit like how we have priests and we have deacons, okay? And in our Catholic tradition, deacons are oftentimes referred to as Levites. But in any event, whatever that, you know, the, the um, significance of that matter is, you've got these two orders. Now, the Levites' job was not to touch the ark, but to carry it on their shoulders, okay? And that's what God had commanded them through Moses. So they got a really good idea in their head, and they say, you know, I don't know, carrying that ark, ah, my back has been feeling a little stiff and sore lately. I don't want to carry that thing. It's kind of heavy. Let's get, an, let's get a, a cart with wheels and an ox. See, it was their own idea. They weren't listening to God's word. So they put the ark of the covenant on a cart and brought it up to Jerusalem that way. Well, it stumbles. The oxen are kind of a pain in the butt to take care of. They get a little unruly. It looks like the ark is about to slide off of the cart. One of the Levites reaches out his hand to touch it, to stop it. Guess what? He drops dead. Okay, can you imagine that? No blessings for that guy. All right? And so what David does is says, oh man, we, we really messed up. Let's take the ark and kind of keep it in this guy's house for a little bit, like right where the accident happened. Okay, they just kind of have a pit stop. And they have this temporary, you know, place to keep the ark. And after a few months goes by, David hears that this guy's house is blessed. Okay? And so David says, okay, God's anger has passed. So let's bring it up to Jerusalem, but let's do it the right way this time. And that's why our first reading specifies that the Levites carried it on their shoulder like God had told them to do. And so we learn... Blessed is he who hears God's word and actually does it. We can't think, oh, this is how I'm going to worship God and just kind of make up something in our own minds. We have to follow what he's revealed to us through his, through the preaching of Jesus and through the preaching of his apostles, which we find by following the teaching of the church and by, by following sacred scripture. That's where we find God's revealed word. So we shouldn't just you know, imagine to ourselves what God wants from us, but we need to follow what he's actually taught us and told us through Christ and through the apostles. And so this guy's house is blessed. And then David says, well, we want that blessing for all of the people of God. So let's bring it right into Jerusalem, which is the capital. And so also, my brothers and sisters, sometimes, you know, if we don't really hold Mary, remember, who's symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant, if we don't, she's not important. We kind of like, oh yeah, that's for other people. You know, there's like the old lady in church and she, she's like loves Mary. I don't know what's with her. Okay. Guess what? 
that person is going to be blessed because she's got a devotion to Mary. All right? So we need to bring Mary into the center of our hearts. She's got to be in the center of our life as a community as well. And I love the fact that Father Mike has us pray the Hail Mary at the end of our petitions. That's a wonderful thing. We're inviting the Blessed Mother, the Ark of the Covenant, into the center of our community life when we do that. And you know what? Where Mary goes, there goes Jesus. If we want to find Jesus, we look for his mother. We devote ourselves to his mother, and we're going to get Jesus. Okay, so we go to Jesus through Mary. And then we have our second reading, okay? And the second reading talks about how death is swallowed up in the victory of Jesus' resurrection. You know where that victory over death is seen first and foremost? It's seen in the Blessed Mother's Assumption into Heaven. And that's, that's the mystery that we celebrate tonight. So, my brothers and sisters, let's follow the example of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let's listen to the Word of God. Let's not follow our own schemes and plans, but let's follow the Word of God. And so doing, we will be blessed. And let's take Mary as our supreme example. Let's place her in the center of our lives and in the center of our community. And let's ask her to obtain the grace of obedience to the Word of God for us. Her prayers are powerful. Let's have confidence in them. And let's look to her as our supreme hope because we all hope with great confidence in God that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will overcome death. And Mary is the first example. She's the guarantee that that blessing of victory over death will be ours one day as well.